Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. It's easy to follow us on all those beautiful platforms at S-K-O-R North. I'm Rami Makloff along with Judd Zolgad and here to talk some Vikings and some NFL with you for the next hour or so. Judd, how are you this afternoon, my friend? I'm outstanding. How about you? Good. Uh, last week, as Roger Goodell was giving his state of the NFL address, we gave our own state of the NFL address and it went gloriously off the rails. Really, really, really way off the rails, but it was, it was fun. And last night we had the state of the union address by, by our, Commander-in-Chief, so we thought today, why not come in and give the State of the Vikings address? And if you want to get in and give your State of the Vikings address, you can give us a call, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at SKOR North. Judd Zolgad, sir, what would you say is the State of the Minnesota Vikings? All right, I've been thinking about this. All right, throughout the so. Throughout the morning <laughs> hours. And we have now distanced ourselves enough from the disappointment of an 8-7-1 finish, I think, to be realistic about where this franchise stands. Right. So the passion of being upset is gone. The the potential euphoria of signing Cousins a year ago, coming off a 13-3 and campaign, is gone as well, obviously. The more I think about this team, and just as importantly, this league, Rami, uh-huh. The more that I come to the conclusion that if you think about it, this team, the state of this team could be in pretty good shape. I come to you with oh, a positive. I come whoa, to you with a positive. Whoa. And I have reasons for this. Optimistic Judd. Yeah, I have reasons for I think this. This is my first experience with this since arriving at Score North three weeks ago. Everyone's calmed down now, right? Yeah. Everybody's calm. Mm-hmm. But there are, I've got a few reasons and i find them pretty damn compelling about why this team might be in fine shape for 2019 i'm going to start off with a history of mike zimmer coached teams in this town zim comes here in 2014 first year so expectations are low seven and nine third in the division not great but that's fine 2015 rebound 11 and five win the division Lose in a wild card playoff game only because your untrustworthy kicker couldn't make a kick to end that game and beat Seattle. 2016, 
you come back. You get off to a great start. First eight games, you're going fantastic. Up until the bye week, you're going fantastic. You then proceed to collapse. You finish 8-8 eight and eight out of the playoffs, third in the division. 2017, you rebound again. Eureka, 13-3. and three. Case Keenum's your quarterback. Your Sensing defense trend is fantastic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so the nature of Mike Zimmer coach teams, Rami, say that 2019, this team should come back and rebound. Zim is very good with teams that have low expectations. It seems like if the expectations are high, he panics a bit, but if they're low, he doesn't. So that is, number one, the history of Zim coach teams, why I'm confident that this team can actually come back in 2019 and be successful. But there is there is logic behind that, right? It's not just, oh, well, this is the trend, this is the pattern, because... Well, here's the logic. One could say that's kind of random. It is. You know what I mean? The up year, down year, up year, down year? So I'm... That is true, but I am going to now introduce to you the nature of this league combined with that and and take a couple things that might seem random but also seem to be sort of trends as well, okay? So point two about why this franchise going into next season could be in very good shape is the nature in which we see playoff teams in this conference change year by year. Case in point, 2017, the only team that repeated from the playoffs from 2016, the Falcons. Five of six teams that got into the playoffs in 2017, including your 13-3 and Vikings, did not qualify for the playoffs in 2016. 2018, 50% Dallas, Chicago, and Seattle of the NFC playoff field was new. So there is a, there is a nature of bounce backs and and teams that are able to achieve success a year after maybe not being as good that the Vikings could very well fit in. And I will go back to the fact that this team will go into training camp next year with seemingly still a very good defense. So I'm giving you at least three things there. And yes, alone the, the Zim coach team's rebound might be random, but I think when you combine that with the nature of how the conference works and playoff teams changing, it is cause for Judd optimism, Rami. Let me ask you this, though, because... (laughs) Manny? I'm so proud of you right now, Judd. I'm so proud of you. I'm calm. I'm I'm full of coffee, but not too full. What happened to you? I'm I'm a little bit taken aback by this version of Judd. Every once in a while, it's in there. <laughs> it just I, I, has to be pulled out. I honestly thought we were going to have to do like a Judd positivity challenge for you for the state on of the, the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 baffled by this, but pleasantly baffled. But I, we got positive Judd today. This is great. There's evidence that shows that all is not lost for the Vikings in 2019. No, I wouldn't say. I, don't, I mean, are people are people really thinking all is lost? For the, the, the coming Vikings season. We can now call it the coming season because the, the this let's se- find let's find this out pa- from the this past season is officially over. Six five one six four six eight two five five. I I didn't I mean I never felt like and again, I'm somewhat new to the market compared to how long you guys have been watching and following this team, but I didn't I didn't show up to Minneapolis and the Twin Cities thinking, Yeah, this is this is gonna be a rough season. This is a lost season I, for the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like because the the season was so disappointing that the nature of the conversations is incredibly doom and gloom. And this league allows, unless you're just a bad team, mm-hmm. this league allows for bounce backs. Okay. It well, encourages bounce backs. For the Vikings, 
to to bounce back and 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 have that have that up year after a down year as you pointed out and get into the playoffs and you you noted the topsy turvy nature of the NFL playoffs. How many teams did you say in the were in the NFC playoffs this year who were three last of year? six? Three of six. We're new. That would mean that there would have to be teams who were in the playoffs this year, who had good seasons this year, who fall off and open up a spot for the Minnesota Vikings. Who are those candidates in your eyes that leave an opening for the Vikings? Bears. Okay. Um, Eagles. Seattle, I think, is going to, to improve. So yeah. I would say no on them now. But but the division itself, to me, wide open again. I would agree. Because I have, I have no idea what to make of... Trubisky. I think that Chicago defense is good, and I don't think that they're going to fall off drastically. But that Bears offense, which definitely improved when you have a quarterback like that, I don't know. So I would say, if I had to guess, I would say that this division, and the Packers might come back too. Right. So they they have to be factored in. But the Bears, to me, strike me as a team that could easily, and they wouldn't even have to be horrible, but they could easily take a, a significant step backwards. That's what I was just going to say about the, the Packers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out the Packers by any means. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on Mackie and Judd with Rami, that if Aaron Rodgers is right physically and mentally, and if LaFleur is the real deal as, as an offensive mind and a head coach, I think that... Just having Aaron Rodgers, who in my eyes, when he's at his peak, he's the best quarterback on the planet, that automatically, I think, almost kind of makes him the favorites in the NFC North. If he, if they can tap back into whatever it was that, that they tapped I into there yet. for the first 10 years of I Aaron Rodgers as the starter, yeah. I think a quarterback of that caliber makes them the favorites in the division. If he can get back to playing at that level. And as far as the Bears go, and as I sit here, in my Bears hat, and you can see it as we're streaming live at on Twitter. That's a nice and hat too. Thank you, I appreciate it. It's a very nice um, Bears hat. I, I I can't I can't sit here and confidently say no. The division is ours to lose because it's it's one year, and yeah, there's still a question mark over Trubisky. They lost Fangio, their defensive coordinator, and you never know how that aff- it doesn't seem to affect defenses as much as it does offenses when you lose. When you lose your coordinator and, and a genius mind on, on that side of the ball. So I think they should be able to play at close to the same level as they did this past season. But it's not like with, for me, and, and, and covering this division and covering the Packers for the, for the last 10 plus years, I always looked at it until the last couple of years as it's, it's the Packers division to lose as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy because that's what, that's the way it played out year after year after year after year. The only time they didn't win the division was when Aaron Rodgers had injuries and missed a few games, and they would, of course, lose when Aaron Rodgers would, would miss a few games with sure, injury yeah. because he is what drives that team. He's the straw that stirs that drink. I don't think after one division championship, Bears fans can sit back and go, yeah. And the Packers have not been... The Packers, when I covered them, were incredibly well-run, like really well-run. I would say personnel-wise and just organizationally, the Packers have not been really well-run now in probably five years. You know, when Ted lost his fastball, when Thompson mm-hmm. lost his fastball, yep. that altered things drastically. And now now you've got their president trying to make decisions that their GM should be making. Their GM has some control, but not all control. So organizationally, personnel-wise, decision-wise, I am until I see the Packers back, I'm not convinced. When Ted let that defense go, and when Ted f- fell in love with the fact that he had that he had taken uh, drafting key players 
in later rounds, and that became ridiculous. So the Packers, I need to see a lot more. A lot more. Aaron is fantastic, but there's been a long run now where he has basically been playing for a franchise that I don't I don't want to say is Cleveland, but they are not nearly as well run as they were for a long time. I mean, you could make the argument that Cleveland and take the quarterbacks out of the equation has a better roster than the Packers. Oh, now yes, this point, yeah, no, but sure. but I'm saying Cleveland three years back was right. a dumpster fire. Right. The Packers aren't there, but they're not well run right now. No, and I I agree and that with makes you a big difference. that there may be too many cooks in the kitchen in in Green Bay and the way that they restructured their their power their their power system up there. And yeah, Mark Murphy is making decisions that the GM should be making. I just think that really any franchise quarterback, and especially if you have the best quarterback walking on the planet, which Aaron Rodgers is when he's right, I think that's so impactful that it would make you the favorite in almost any division in this league. That guy single-handedly. Because you're right, they're not going to recoup the rest of the roster in one offseason because Ted Thompson let that thing sort of crumble over the last three, four years. I mean, he was a draft and develop guy and was missing on draft pick after draft pick after draft pick. After being fantastic for a long time, too. For the the last three to five years of Ted Thompson's tenure, he was missing on draft picks, and when that's solely what you... What what you base your development on is improvement from within and draft and develop, and you start missing on draft picks, it's going to fall apart really, really fast. But even that being said, just a bounce-back year from Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback of that caliber, in my eyes, puts you in the discussion for, at the very least, a division championship. Yeah, ag- agree. Um, I will give you I will give you more purple positivity, too, Whoa. with this. Whoa. All right, so let's look at the Vikings. Manny just passed out on the other side of the glass. Manny just fell out I of his chair. I told you guys I've given this a ton of I'm, thought. I'm, and I'm, I'm worried about you getting like an allergic reaction or something. I'm, this is no, no, this is hives. all. This, this is this is all. This is, listen, it's my fault. It's Collar's fault because rightfully so. We have sounded the alarm on certain things, and they deserve to be sounded. Does the alarm sound like that horn? Is that? It's not the Galahar, no. <laughs> okay. No, it's more like the like the whoop whoop whoop. This is not a test. Okay. This is a Viking meltdown. So the further positivity internally is this. A- and because of Cousins' lack of success, we have forgotten this. But the positivity comes from the fact that don't forget, coming out of the 13 and 3 2017 finish, that was all about basically one thing defense. This defense is still going to be good. I mean, they are coached by... We can talk about, do you want a defensive coach to be your, your head coach? All we want. But this guy's very good on that side of the ball. And he's going to still be good. And so, this defense is going to come back in 2019 and be very good. They're not going to be bad. So, let's take that into account. And let's go back and remember what we talked about after last year. Cousins was signed because of the lack of faith that Keenum could be the guy. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. I think the Vikings looked at Case and said, this is a great story. It's a one-year pop-up. But he's not the guy. He's going to regress. His career, there's nothing about Case's career at his age that screams 13-3. and three, My God, he's going to Canton now, right? So this is where I urge people to slow down for one second and look at one very important thing. And I will bring this up again. Gary Kubiak. The Vikings' biggest blunder was hiring a young OC from Philadelphia who they thought had the answers and saying, it's yours. And realizing, 
whoops, that was a mistake. Kirk Cousins needs help. Kirk Cousins needs good coaching. The offense does too. The Stefanski, if they just went with Stefanski, I would have my doubts. He's a young guy, and that doesn't mean he's not going to be good, but it's a lot to to bite off, especially with Mike questioning you continually. But with turning this thing to Kubiak and going to a offensive line zone blocking scheme and all of the things that they are going to do now, they basically are trying to rekindle what they had a year ago with Shermer. And if they can do that, it's going to make an enormous difference. And again, this team is going to, for the most part, live or die on its defensive success. The offense has to be good enough. It doesn't have to be great. The offense is not going, as long as Mike is coach here, the offense is never going to carry this team on a continual basis. They need to be good enough. So if Kubiak and that crew can get this group led by Cousins back there where they're good enough and the defense can play like they're capable of playing, that's going to that's going to swing the pendulum back to where this franchise should be. Manny, I don't know about you. I've been knocked back on my heels a little bit by all this positivity from Judd in the first segment. I'm speechless. I need a break. I really do. I need yeah. I need I need a break to gather and, and collect my thoughts. I don't and... even know what to say. <laughs> I, I I am. Are, who are you? <laughs> That's that Where state, is, of, the, what that state of the Vikings the, was just po- so popular throughout this state. What has happened Everybody's to the Judd that I've known now for seven years working here? Sometimes I go too far on sounding the alarm, and I need to pull the people. If back. you could crystallize it in one word, because whenever you hear a State of the Union address, that's how it starts. The State of the Union is, and they always say strong, even if it's not. Judd, if you could crystallize it into one word, the State of the Vikings is optimistic. See, okay, so, okay, hang on, a second. See, <laughs> this I see. Man, I have to do so this. We're losing. Off. We're losing. I have him. to play this now because I am panicking right we're now. We're losing him because Judd is being positive. I am panicking. I'm sounding the panic alarm, not because Judd is panicking. <laughs> I am panicking right now because Judd is being positive. I come with On no, his own. I come He's not with, even being convinced to be positive. He's being positive on his own. I know. I came with trends. I came with notes. I came with positivity. So I'm going to wow. hang on to my state of the I Vikings. I want to hear yours next. Yes. Manny, hang on to your state of the Vikings. And if you want to get in and give your state of the Vikings, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North. It's Purple Daily with Optimistic Judd. And we're back right after this. Myron on Hoops with Myron Metcalf. I can tell you about a player as a rookie. Thought he was the toughest guy in the room. The resident tough guy said, you haven't proven anything. And that locker room cleared out. And man to man, they went at it. And that this rookie got his tail whooped. Now, those two are inseparable. I think Jimmy was trying to bring some of that out of Carl Towns to convince Andrew Wiggins, like, dude, you got to do something to respond with all these people saying, you're soft and don't deserve that money. You proved those people wrong. Myron on Hoops. Score North. And on Score north.com you aren't into minnesota sports talk to the mitten score north minnesota sports anytime anywhere score north it is purple daily every day at noon here on score north on 1500 score north.com we're streaming live on twitter youtube facebook you can follow us on those platforms as well as instagram and twitch judd is big into twitch we made it easy for you it's i all never heard of it till two weeks ago at s-k-o-r north at score north and uh, we're giving our state of the vikings address and judd said the state of the vikings is 
optimistic. Optimistic. There's a reason for optimism. And yes. gave us 15 minutes worth of reasons for optimism in the first segment of the show. Manny and I needed a break to pick ourselves up off the floor. Manny passed out. And try and figure out just who we're dealing with here with this optimistic <laughs> Judd. And uh, we asked for you to get in at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. And uh, some of you have done just that. We got uh, SK in California here on Purple Daily. What's up, SK? I know, hey, that's how's it going, guys? What's up, man? Oh, man, just enjoying this California weather. <laughs> no need to tell us but, that. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> Appreciate that. Hey, we didn't need that. It's, it's real chilly in 35 out here. You know okay? what? So. You know what? <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's just my state of the Vikings. Uh, I agree with you guys as far as the optimism goes. Uh, but I have two, well, it's pretty much a two-part question for you guys first. Um, with the limited amount of cap space that we do have, and Anthony Barr, obviously, with his contract expiring, uh, do you guys see us walk and seeing let us uh, let him walk, or do you see us uh, trying to maybe restructure a contract like a Kyle Rudolph or Everson Griffin, or possibly even trading an Everson Griffin, or a, maybe even even an Xavier Rhodes, and looking towards the draft as far as a linebacker goes. But I just wanted to get your guys' outlook on that. Thanks for, uh, for the call. Appreciate it. Um, keep in mind, the salary cap is going to go up by approximately $14 million uh, before 2019 begins or before the year begins. So if you wanted to keep Barr, you probably could. Rami, I think he walks, though. And, and I say that because of this. This franchise has a long history, essentially since the Wilfs bought this team, of re-upping guys that they want a year before their contract expires mm-hmm. on multi-year deals. So if they wanted him, exactly. he would have had an extension already. Exactly. And as much as Zim might want to keep Barr, I think Barr is the one guy, I think he's at a point now where he wants to explore his value. You could franchise him, but that could That's be... That's what, a $15 million price yeah, tag? that could be a boatload. Uh, long story short, I think he walks the the only way that I think that he's worth it is because of the premium that is placed on pass rushers now. If you made him a full time edge rusher, whether it's whether it's as a a two point stance and an outside linebacker, if you just make him a defensive end, I think that's the only way that he's worth that money. I think that in the current role that he's in, that he's playing for the Vikings, while he's good at what he does, his strength, and he'll tell you. Is is rushing the quarterback and 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 beating up offensive linemen? That's what he does better than anything. So I don't know that I'm paying him fifteen million dollars to drop back into coverage fifty percent of the plays and then rush the quarterback the other fifty percent. If you had faith in him that he could be a full time edge rusher, I might consider that fifteen million dollar price tag. If they did though, th- that's done by now, right? Yes, that would have been done right two years back, right? So and and the other thing where I think he's going to want, want to explore his options on the market is I could see three, four teams paying him huge. Right. Coming in and saying, because if you, if you project him and his skill set and his athletic talents into the potential of a three, four, he could be very impactful consistently. So I think as far as Mike's defense goes, when it comes to bar, we we've seen how he's going to be used or not used uh, so unless they franchise tag him and basically tie him up here, I think he and his and his reps are going to say the best goal for us is to explore the options and land in a 3-4 defense where he can make a ton. 
Don't the uh, Packers run a 3-4 scheme? You just read my mind, man. I have seen this speculated on before, and it mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense. Uh, they do, and it could make, oh, yes. It yeah. could be It could be a perfect Do you think they could put and aside that, that bad blood of him ending Aaron Rodgers' season oh, on what you many ki- in that organization you? thought was a dirty play? I think they'd love it. <laughs> if 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 the options are be hilarious, yeah, and if the options are, do we want Barr here because he hit our star quarterback two years back, or we have a chance to stick it to the Vikings, our arch rival, twice a year? I think they take door two in a second, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so it makes some sense. Did you guys? And we all come in with our own biases. Did this is way off track of what we we're? Did you think that was a dirty play? When he ended Rogers, when he ended Rogers' season, I didn't think it was dirty. I thought it was unnecessary to at that point. At that point, he didn't have to land on him, uh, but I d- did not think it was blatantly dirty. See, Manny, that yeah. was one of those where I looked at it and I go, "Man, these guys just don't know how how large and how fast these people are." And to expect yeah. a guy that big moving that fast yeah. to just pull up and take it easy on Aaron Rodgers. It's not it's not it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, I'm kind of with Judd on it. I don't think it was a dirty play, but I do think him landing on Rodgers the way he did and breaking Rodgers' collarbone, I think that I do think that was a little bit excessive. I think he could have just hit Aaron and knocked him down and then that could have been the end of it and nobody would have talked about it, but I do think just that following through and landing on him was probably the excessive part. All right, let's get back to our state of the Vikings again. Judd's state of the Vikings is Optimistic. Let's get in, uh, Dave, in South Carolina before I give you my state of the Vikings. Dave, you're on Purple Daily. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? You? Hey, I'm really enjoying the new station, by the way. I'm a uh, Vikings fan. Yeah, I did down here for many years, and I've uh, been uh, following you guys a little bit more here Thanks, lately. Man. Uh, my, no problem. Um, and uh, my, uh, yeah, I ran into Judd a few times when, back in the day on, I'm sorry. on Vikings Road. Yeah, I know, Vikings Road trips there. <laughs> Oh, are you but, kidding? Uh, anyway. It was a delight, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you and Scoggins. But anyway, oh, yeah. uh, I will say this. The Vikes, I think, I'll, let me give you mine. I'm I'm a Vikings fan, so I always say I'm, I'm an internal optimist and a glutton for punishment. You know, we all are. Uh, I've been going to games since 76, so uh, I'm sitting in my dad's lap watching him lose the last Super Bowl. So, um, And it's been 42 years, and here I am at almost 48. So that goes to tell you I'm pretty patient. But I think it's a uh, shades of gray. Um, optimistic shades of gray. Here's why: um, when you spend that kind of money, uh, I think you realize on a quarterback um, that you have to win. You have to win now. I think that the Welsh have kind of made a little bit of a deviation and, and not extending these guys, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, I think that's the key thing. One of the other things you said too about um, you know about Barr. I'm glad you brought that up. My opinion: we've always talked about guys we go after, right, with a great character. Um, Good backgrounds. Hey, I understand that we don't we don't want a, a love boat here, love boat you know sequel. But I do think you need to start sprinkling more guys in, on this team that have an attitude, that have an edge, um, that also can turn the ball over. I think that's one thing that's got to happen. There, there there's got to be more of that going on. Losing bar has to happen. You're going to lose guys, as you guys know, when you have that kind of defense. And I think the key thing is now is Will Spielman change that philosophy when his job was on the line, which I think he will. The question is, uh, you know, how does he change it? You know, does he want to just add pieces and move people around, or do you want to really take some chances? And I think that I'm a little bit concerned as 
you know, who the offensive lines coach is going to be. I know we've talked about it. Um, uh, we've, it's been rumored. Uh, I would go grab the uh, Patriots water boy, in my opinion, and put him in that position. No, no Patriots uh, employees. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have the you. secret sauce. Nobody but Belichick does. These guys are failures. I hear you. But, but no, in all seriousness, I think that's that's the key hire. And I think Kubiak is also another key. Because yep. I agree with you guys. If this doesn't happen this year, um, I think that, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, it's either going to go very well for this franchise or we're going to be back again. And I hate to say this, but now I'm pretty realistic and traditionalist, but we're going to be back again at, okay, you know, where do we go from here to get over that top? I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's, I love Zimmer, but that's kind of where we are right now, um, I think, and I think you're right. Filippo, I was all in. I was drinking the Kool-Aid, um, which I don't normally do, and uh, boy, was that a disaster. Uh, so, um, you know, who knows? And, and what, is, what is Cousins capable of? Do we really know if he's capable, like we've all talked about, with what Matthew Collar said a lot and what you guys have written about? But I think it's going to be key, but again, you know, when it comes down to making plays in key moments, I think that's what's going to define it. I think he has the ability to do it. I really do, guys. And I think Dalvin Cook is dynamic. I think you got to use the other guys around him, the young guys. I think you have to get a tight end that can stretch the field. That's the other big thing, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, they said on the radio the other night, I mean, to keep going off here, they talk about, you know, what you look for, right? you got to have left tackle. you got to have a cover corner. Uh, you got to have, uh, you know, you want to have a, a good receiver. Uh, I was listening to NFL radio. There's three or four things that you want to have in a quarterback, excuse me. And we have all those things. But we really don't have the, the tackle. So they're going to have to look at that, take a chance. I do believe you got to get, get rid of one of these defensive backs, um, and you're going to have to move them, I think, to start to get more cap, salary cap room, adjust contracts to get to a place where you can really do – what you want to do, but I don't think you're taking off. I know people are going to say he's crazy. I could be thinking I'm crazy right now. Maybe I'm in the same realm of Jeff. I woke up this morning, but maybe you don't take the <laughs> offensive tackle, you know, with that first pick. Maybe you take a guy that you think can really bring that all together, which the more I'm starting to read, it might be uh, one of these tight ends, especially the one, um, the least known one that may be drafted in the first round um, from Iowa. And then all of a sudden you start saying, okay, then I can give him more options there, right? And as far as the third receiver option, um, I don't really think there's a problem with BB. I mean, he's got, to me, he's got a lot of good qualities. He can stay healthy. He's learned. Um, he's got good, you know, good pedigree. He could be a guy that could do that. And you're right, I think, about the fourth receiver. Um, if they bring this other guy back and caught all these touchdowns, he's number four at best. Um, so I think they need to start looking at, okay, what are we going to do, right, in those areas as far as defensive-wise. Uh, maybe I'm off the mark on this, but. I would go get an aggressive safety. I like Anthony Harris. He could be re-signed. Just like, you know, let's say they decide to go with, just follow my logic here, they decide uh, to stay with uh, one of these other guys uh, in, in the, on a defensive line uh, and bring them back. I don't necessarily think that's the, that's the key. You've already developed some young guys. Bring some aggressive guys in the secondary, like a Tyron Matthew, Give me some aggressive guys like Namakin Sue inside who I don't like but has an edge and an aggression to him, and maybe you start to bring your roster around like that with nastiness guy, guys that have an edge, guys that you can kind of control. Zimmer can control most anybody and, and be more aggressive and, and get turnovers. If you don't get them in this league, 
you're not going to win. That's and true. as far you know, as far as the kicking game goes, um, you know they've got to they got to make a decision on that. Uh, to me, there's there's plenty of guys out there want to come play here. Bryant, Gold, many other guys. I mean, they bring. Uh, I don't like bringing uh, Bailey back. In my opinion, I think he might be past the tooth. I wouldn't pay him that kind of money. So that's kind of where I'm at, and I'm just kind of curious to see who the offensive line coach is, who the tight. You know, I'm sorry, the receivers coach is. And like you said, I think Kubiak, um, this could have been a godsend how this all happened because I never saw him with the Vikings. He was going to be in Denver or somewhere else. Yeah, I think Kubiak kind of could help a lot. Life. Dave, thanks for the call, buddy. I I don't know that – do you think nastiness was a problem on the defensive side of the football? I think that they got some nasty on the defensive no, side of the football. And the other thing is I don't think Zimmer um, – when, when we talk about super aggressive guys in, in the secondary – I don't think Mike loves that because those guys also tend to get burned a lot. Right. And Mike's philosophy on defense is really sound. So, like, if you start talking about, oh, that guy's a ball hawk and he's going to, well, he's also going to get burned unless he's a Pro Bowl player and you're probably not going to get that guy. So, I see what he's saying, but I think that there's a flip side to what he's saying that could be extremely dangerous and and can ultimately cost you games. And he talked about Tyron Matthew at safety or Dominican Sue adding him to the defensive line. I'm not saying don't add anything to the defenses. NFL rosters are constantly turning and turning over. So there will be some new faces. Maybe some of them will come via free agency. I, and if you can get those guys at a bargain, I think Dominican Sue and Tyron Matthew can make a defense better. Richardson and, was a bargain. Right. But exactly. they didn't make the playoffs exactly. with him. And the, but there, there's, as good as this defense is, there's always room for improvement. Sure. But I'm only investing so many resources to improve this defense because I think the defense is good enough to get you where you're trying to go. You need to improve this offense in in a couple of different areas Absolutely. to complement that defense. To Dave's point, though, I do remember, Judd, after uh, Zimmer's post-end-of-the-season press conference, he did mention something because somebody had asked him what, what was different about this year's team. What were they missing? And he did kind of mention, like, it didn't seem like this group had that edge. Right, but there I, was something missing from that was there in 2017 that was not there in 2018. But I think that's why the rallying cry, as Mike has, and he's going to unearth this again, mark my words, is going to be people don't believe now. Yeah. Zimmer's problem is off of 13 and 3, nobody buys that. Like he's tried it before, and people if are it like, can work for Bill Belichick and the Vikings, right? But it well, can and work, he's going to work and, for Mike Zimmer. And I think, okay? and I think his frustration <laughs> was the fact that the us against the world mentality going into this past year was basically gone because of the success of the previous season. But he's going to bring it back now, and it's going to work. Can you now. just can you just steal another team's catchphrase? Can the Vikings just use "We're still here" next year? <laughs> no, he wants more than that, though, right? He's going to want more than that. He's going to want everybody thinks you're crap. He loves that one, right? Coming out, coming off of the year that they went, went to the playoffs the last time around, he got to training camp and said his night before message was, "Nobody believes." And we were all like, what are you talking about? We're all talking about how great your team's going to be. Nobody believes. It's his sales point. But there are certain years where that works. And it's going to work now. It seems like in football, more than any other sport, that that is a a coach's oh. rallying cry. How more could the Patriots use it? I'll, I I'll go back I have to that. No idea. I still don't get that I have one. No idea. Tom, you're Tom Brady. <laughs> Eighteen years, nine Super Bowl appearances, 
and now six championships. The guy just wins at life. Like forget yes. football. He's 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 got he's got go, model good looks. He's got a model girlfriend who out earns him. Do you like, go home to Giselle and say, you know what, sweetheart? What, honey? Nobody believes in either one of us. <laughs> like Giselle, be like, what are you talking about, Tom? <laughs> Nobody believes. Nobody believes in me or you. And she'll be just like, I just made 45 mil today, Tom. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Let's call the funny farm on you, Tom. You know what I'll be surprised by Tom Brady? When something goes bad for him. That, that's when I'll be yes. surprised by Tom Brady. But he's going around acting like it did. I'm never surprised when things are going well for Tom Brady. The guy outkicked his coverage with Giselle. Like a, a millionaire he, with model good looks outdid himself in the dating world. Like The guy just wins. The guy just wins at everything he does. He dumped a gorgeous actress yeah. for Giselle. Yeah. But, I mean, people don't believe in Judd, Rami, Manny. Okay, right. I'm willing to buy that. I people expect don't. you not to believe yes, in me. And you I, shouldn't. I encourage you. <laughs> but Tom Brady? Like, how do you go home and sell that to the wife and kids? I don't know. I don't know. His kids got to laugh at that. His kids have to see the, the, the folly in, 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 that, in that way of thinking. Daddy, you're full of bleep. <laughs> Let's get your State of the Vikings, I'll give you my State of the Vikings right after this. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Stand back. We don't know how big this is going to get. Scorenorth.com. Purple Daily here on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. We've been giving you and taking your State of the Vikings address. Still a few minutes to get you in, 651-646-8255 if you want to get in on the festivities. If you weren't with us at the start of the show, Manny and I had to pick ourselves up off the ground after optimistic Judd opened up the show with his State of the Vikings address. His State of the Vikings was... Optimistic. Optimism. Optimism, and and I firmly believe this team has a good chance to bounce back next season. And had a lot, like had 15 minutes worth of points to support his optimism. And, and you, you, I mean, I can't really argue with it, Manny. Can, I mean, I don't want to argue with it. I want to I I bask in the sunshine of optimistic Judd. I don't know about you. I, I, well, the thing of it is, I agreed with just about everything Judd said. I'm just still flabbergasted that he said it. I still can't believe it. My my personal state of the Vikings is a state of confusion. Okay. <laughs> That's my state of the Vikings. Fair enough. I'm in a state of confusion when it comes to the Vikings because as a guy who until three, four weeks ago was on the outside looking in at this thing, I, I couldn't figure out why the Vikings weren't better than they were. I mean, I went I went into week 17 as a Bears fan and knowing that the Bears really didn't have much to play for at all, and the Vikings had everything to play for, thinking this is probably one that the Vikings take. It might be close, but this is one that the Vikings probably will take, and they almost just didn't show up for that football game. That really, that that was very, very surprising to, to me to see that in week 17. And as I look at this roster, Judd, and one of our callers I believe it was uh, who who called us from South Carolina. Manny, you have the memory. Dave, Dave from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. That was a good call. Yeah, he talked about the 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 import, importance of different positions on the field, and it goes in this order: quarterback. 
the guy who protects the quarterback, the guy who chases quarterbacks, the guy who catches the ball from the quarterback, and the guy who tries to stop that guy from catching the ball from the quarterback. The Vikings, they have four of those five checked off, in my opinion. We'll start with Kirk Cousins. I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about Kirk Cousins and his prospects as the Vikings quarterback than than most people are after his first year here. Offensive line is a problem. They need that to get that guy to protect the quarterback. That's the second most important position on the field to me. As far as the guy who catches the ball from the quarterback, they have three guys who are really good at that and another one out of the backfield who can do it a little bit and can do some special things when he gets his hands on the football. The guy who chases the quarterback, they have a few of those as well and should be better at that than what they were this past year. And as far as the guy who tries to stop the guy from catching the football, they have a few of those as well who are very good at what they do. So when you have four of the five boxes checked off, you should be a pretty good football team. You shouldn't be a sub-500 football team who's sitting at home watching the playoffs come January. That just It just doesn't add up. And, Judd, I look at it, and, and I, I've always said there's three ways to sabotage a good quarterback because no matter how good a quarterback is, they don't exist in a vacuum. A guy can be great, and I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is. A guy can be a great quarterback if he's put in a place where either A, he's not protected, or B, the system is bad or inconsistent, or C, you don't give him weapons to work with. That guy will fail. I don't care who it is. David Carr, in my eyes, was a great draft prospect coming out of college from Fresno State. He went to Houston where nobody was blocking for him. He had nobody to throw to, and his NFL career was over very, very fast. I think if you put David Carr in a more a more ideal situation, he flourishes, and he's a very good NFL quarterback. Kirk Cousins, I feel like, and this offense, two of those three boxes were checked off when you talk about how to ruin a quarterback. The offensive line didn't block sufficiently enough for him. And you talked about the problems with John Filippo and his offensive system and more specifically the blocking schemes that they had, Judd. I think that that's really where the problem lies. You, you need a system that puts Kirk Cousins in a position to succeed and you need to give Kirk Cousins three seconds to throw the football. And that, that sounds real simple. It sounds like common sense. But I think if you do those two things... With everything else I just talked about that the Vikings have working in their favor at some really important spots and some places where it's not easy to find quality football players, I think that they they can turn this thing around pretty quickly. But again, I'm confused as to why this past season was what it was. That's why I'm in a state of confusion when it comes to the Vikings. Because I think the offensive scheme, when it comes down to it this past year, was about the coaching and not the players. And I think that was strike one. Now, now, did the play, was it as thoroughly executed as it should have been? Probably not. But I've covered this before, and I've seen this before. And when a guy comes in and says, this is my scheme, you're in trouble. The guy has to come in and say, okay, I've got a scheme, but I'm going to incorporate it to best fit the personnel. Brad Childress did not do that. Filippo did not. They came in and said, this is, this is what I do. And... The mistake that we have to stop making with Cousins is just because he's paid a very handsome sum does not mean he's that guy. Right. Like, you can't just tell him, Kirk, go succeed. He needs help. You went out and got him because he was the best in your mind, and you might be right about this. He was the best available option to be your QB. But that does not make him perfect, 
And it does. It sure as hell does not mean that he's going to thrive if put into a system that doesn't suit him almost perfectly. You need to. It's hard enough. My guess is that sport is hard enough to play uh, with conditions ideal as possible for you. Right. So when the conditions are sabotaged by a coach, it becomes damn hard. And this is not. I am not absolving Kirk Cousins for one second. What I am saying is, I'm curious to see him now put into a position where he is involved in game planning and when and where he has a massive say because a veteran coach instead of a young coach says i'm going to do things tailored to you not tailored to me and i think that happens way too much in the nfl we talked about it with the patriots they don't have a set system on either side of the football they they every week they go into practice and they see what the offense that they're playing against does that week what they do well and they plan to try and stop that. And then they see what the other defense does well, and they go into their offensive meetings and try and plan to beat that. That that's what they do on a in a week on a week in, week out basis, where other NFL teams, other NFL coaches, like you said, they go, This is my system, this is what I do, this is how I run things, and this is how we're gonna do things here, with no consideration for the tools that they have in their toolbox and how best to use them. And I, I've never understood why NFL coaches are so set in their ways in 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 the systems that they, and the schemes that they use. Why not? Why not play to your players' strengths and try and play against the opposing team's weaknesses? That just seems like common sense to me, Judd. But so many guys are just set and stuck in their ways that they won't they won't go outside that box. I think it's insecurity. I think it's hubris. And I think it is also being afraid that if they open the door for the players to have power, it takes away their power. And this league has a lot of guys, a lot of ego-driven people who are convinced that they invented the game. And I think that's why. And I think the smart ones say, okay, I do something well and I like my system and my system works, but if I have to change it, I'll change it. And there's still that there's still that group of people, though, who are super insecure and they, they say, well, if I morph this system or change it, it goes against the fundamentals that I believe in and and what I do should work. Why do should I feel work. like we're talking about Tom Thibodeau on Purple Daily? Manny, what is yeah. your... <laughs> You're right. No, but, but it's partially true. got to play hard for 48 minutes. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's partially true. Win yeah. the game. It's the Tibbs. Go out and win the game. It's t- Tibbs is... Tibbs... God put Tibbs on this earth to coach football. <laughs> somehow he ended up or sure sure but yeah. somehow somehow he en- ended up for this day and age in absolutely the wrong sport cuz NBA guys the smart ones are completely adaptable there's a youtube video of tom thibodeau I'm kind of going off track here a little bit but there's a youtube video of tom thibodeau mic'd up back when he was still coaching the bulls and it's just like him just basically telling like joke him knowing these guys win the game number one goal for this game today win the game However, you got to win it. Just win the game. It's like, what? Yeah, they yeah, know. That's, they know. Right, that's, they know. They're going to try and win the game. That's the goal every time they go out do there. that. Right. Chicago let's, tough. Chicago hard. Let's get in one more call here before we wrap things up on Purple Daily. Out to Colorado we go. And Ed listening at scorenorth.com. What's up, Ed? Hey, guys. Hey. I'm, I'm homesick today. Uh, I hope you can hear me okay. Yep. Loud and clear. Um, been a life, uh, lifelong uh, fan of Vikings. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my my say uh, would be um, confusion. I had that too. I didn't know, but so I'm going to go with adjust, adjustment. And um, you know, they talked about being one player away from um, 
the promised land of the Super Bowl, and that would be Kirk Cousins. And it seems like now we have to modify the whole team. And, um, uh, you know, to get everything fixed right for him to be um, comfortable and um, uh, to take us there now, uh, it just, <clears throat> I mean, it seems like by the time we get him all he needs, all the, you know, to be comfortable, his contract will be over, you know, his three-year uh, contract. But uh, um, I, I, um, I don't know. It's, I remember places going. I was hoping I have a lot more to say. But Thanks for the call. Thanks, I hope, hope you feel, feel better. better yeah. yeah, really. I don't think that's true. Cousins was brought in as the best option that they saw right now to to help this team. But this team was never going to be, and it won't be as long as Mike is here, built around offense. I don't think what, what Ed said is true. I think we believe it because of the contract size. And certainly Kirk Cousins is important. But this team was never going to be built around the quarterback or, or the offensive scheme to win a Super Bowl. It's going to be built around defense, and the offense has to be, as I said before earlier in the show, good enough. So I don't agree. I think that... I think we've all become very confused because the contract is so big that there's this expectation that the Vikings signed Jordan or something or LeBron. That's not the case. Kirk Cousins, and he does need help. We know that. But I think to default now and say that it, it all has to be built around him is a mistake. Does he have to be schemed towards? Absolutely. But let's not get confused and go into 2019 thinking that this team is is going to be about offense. It's going to be about defense with a above average, hopefully for their sake, offense. But you're not going to get to, to the end of the season and see the Vikings in the top two or something offensively. That's no, not going to happen. You, for them to have a chance at contending for a Super Bowl next year, you need the Vikings defense to get back to 2017 levels. And not that they were bad in 2018, and really for the second half of 2018, I think they came close to what we saw in, in 2017. After the but, Rams game. Yeah, but you absolutely but yes. you need that for 17 weeks mm-hmm. and into the playoffs. That's their strength. That's their backbone. And I think losing Everson Griffin early in the year with the issues he was dealing with, I think that was that was a, a bigger blow to the Vikings defense than than a lot of people maybe noticed because going back to what I said before, the second or third most important person on the field is a guy who chases quarterbacks. And Everson Griffin is one of your primary guys when it comes to chasing quarterbacks. You need to put pressure on the opposing team's quarterback and that that's how that's how you win as a defensive football team. You put pressure on him and you you make him make mistakes. And they weren't getting that for the first eight weeks. We have solved all of the problems. All of the world's problems because of Positive Judd. They should win a Super Bowl next year, and they can thank Positive Judd for it. (laughs) I thank you for listening to Purple Daily here on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Great job by Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. It's here every day at noon. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. I'm Rami. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.